transferring and portaling and retiring. It's not just for players anymore. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. I'll be telling you about FanDuel here very shortly. And thank you for making this your first listen every single day. You guys are the absolute best. Jimmy, been a lot of news uh, concerning Alabama here, especially on the coaching front. Uh, we are having Kevin Steele retire. Now, I'm I'm good with this. I'm fine with this. It feels like Steele came in and sort of did his thing. He got he came in, maybe reestablished a little bit more of an identity while at the same time allowed T-Rob to learn under him to a degree. And I think now he's he's fully vested in the retirement system. And, hey, he's like, hey, I'm going to let the rough end drag. So I'm going to retire, uh, turn over the reins. And I feel like um, – T-Rob will end up getting this D.C. coordinator, if not co-D.C. coordinator thing. The positive things about that, number one, I think he's a very talented guy. I think he's an incredible recruiter. And he is very, very, very tight with Ryan Williams' family. So I think there are a lot of positives there. Yeah, uh, a lot of stuff to address there. I don't think you hire the D.C. because of his relationship with with one recruit, even one as big as Ryan. Uh, But I do think that that's like a, a bonus a bonus. It's uh, it's it's the cherry on top as to uh, as to why this is probably going to happen or possibly the right thing to do. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of things here. I think Kevin Steele uh, did a great service to Alabama by by coming here. I, I felt you know used the word reestablished, and I, I like that. I, I think that's exactly what what he did. I think he reestablished a physical identity to Alabama's defense. They had lost a little bit. And, and I think uh, Kevin Steele bought that back. Uh, and, and I think under his leadership, I think he did accomplished several things. First of all, he won an SEC championship and delivered Alabama to the playoff. And let's not ever forget what a huge deal that is, especially uh, in the 14 playoff era when it was a lot harder to make it than it will be in the 12 team era. Uh, secondly, winning the SEC. I, I think as a whole, I sort of want to, give a wake up call to the whole Alabama fandom about winning the SEC. And it, it just, it's something that, that we inexplicably or even stupidly take for granted. We don't celebrate winning the SEC. We're just so focused on what we can accomplish nationally, but winning the SEC is a championship season. It's the best conference in all of football. It's just a, an, an extraordinary achievement. And if you don't think so, go ask Ole Miss. Go ask Texas A&M or South Carolina or Arkansas. Go ask them what winning the SEC would mean. And, and, and don't say it means less because Alabama's done it more than anyone else. Uh, it's a big deal. But uh, nevertheless, back to the back to the uh, at hand. Uh, I do think uh, another thing that Kevin Steele did was uh, manage or supervise or basically coach Traveris Robinson you know, to, to take over. And, and that's, we don't know that's what's happening. We don't know that. We just believe 
at BOL, at BOL, I know we believe this uh, per sources, is that T-Rob is getting some type of bump up. Is he getting bumped up to co-defensive coordinator or bumped up to D.C. solely? We don't know that. I think some of it depends on who the other hire is on defense uh, because there will be another defensive hire. Uh, so we'll have to see. But we do believe that T-Rob is going to have a title that better explains his role with the program because he was actually uh, doing a lot of D.C. things, you know, this year uh, and and ran the entire secondary, which means whoever's coaching the secondary is going to know the coverages better than anyone else. And they're always very involved in play calling. And as we know, uh, T-Rob was was signaling in the place to the defense all year. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, there's some talk out there about one DJ Durkin joining the staff. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who's sort of been uh, all over the place. I mean, he's had a, a career where he's, he's at Texas A&M currently. Uh, he's certainly been at Ole Miss. He was the head coach of Maryland, uh, was the defensive coordinator at Michigan, also the defensive coordinator at Florida. Um, you know, there, there was a little incident. I, I hate to <laughs> trivialize this, uh, but I, and I'm reading this straight from uh, Al Gore's interwebs. Uh, Durkin was placed on administrative leave in on August 11, 2018, uh, for investigations of a toxic culture after the death of Jordan McNair, who's a player on that Maryland team. He was hospitalized, out showing signs of a heat stroke and exhaustion while participating in a team workout, and later died at the age of 19. That's tragic. That is horrible. That is sad. That shouldn't happen, especially in today's age. At the same time, I'm going to say I don't feel like that, that is, you know, should all be at the feet of DJ Durkin. Um, and I would say that if he weren't even involved with the University of Alabama. Yeah. So if DJ, I do know this, that DJ Durkin is a heck of a recruiter. I know that his teams seem to play very aggressively. And I think that's a, a something we want this team to continue to do as the defense got more aggressive as the, as the season went on, the Michigan game notwithstanding. And so I would be fine with DJ Durkin. Yes, Alabama will take some lumps. Uh, there will be some folks that will make some, some uh, comments, sort of like people make comments about Brian Kelly and his incident and issue at, at Notre Dame way back when. Uh, but in the end, I think that uh, it would be a, a pretty good hire if DJ Durkin were to be at Alabama. Yeah, I'd actually be be borderline. I mean, I, I'd be thrilled. I mean, for one thing, I don't think people realize because they looked at Texas A&M's record and, and see that Jimbo Fisher was fired and and somehow – want to say that this is some sort of a blanket indictment of, of all of Texas A&M. Their defense was really, really good. As a matter of fact, if you think Alabama's defense was good this year, then you must think A&M's good because in total defense, Georgia was number one and Alabama and Texas A&M were in a virtual tie for second place in total defense in the SEC. You can't think Alabama's good uh, for finishing second and, and think A&M finishing second indicates they're no good. Uh, he, he obviously was doing a great job coordinating their defense. Now, at Alabama, we don't believe that's what he would do if hired. Uh, he might have some D.C. responsibilities, but it looks like he would be hired to replace Coleman Hutzler. Hutzler was coaching outside linebackers. Hutzler was also coordinating special teams. 
Durkin has a history of doing both. He is, he's been a special teams coordinator. He's been a, an outside linebacker coach. Um, as far as what happened at Maryland with the tragedy, uh, you know, a couple things. He, first of all, prosecutors in, in that area examined the case, examined all the evidence, and no criminal charges were brought against anyone. They didn't even submit it to a grand jury, which is the bottom level thing that's ever done, uh, you know, when, when something is, is investigated, particularly involving a death. So there was never any criminal charges. Secondly, DJ Durkin lost his job over that instance, and in my opinion, rightfully did. He lost his job, uh, his first ever head coaching job he ever had, and then is forever stained as a result of it. Why are we going to keep on punishing? That's the punishment. He lost his job, which was huge, a, a seven-figure job, first head coaching job. He lost his job. Third, he's now been hired by multiple universities. And I don't know if everybody knows how this works, but when you hire a guy that's been in the headlines for that reason, that decision does not is not made by the head football coach. That decision is not even made by the athletic director. To, to hire a DJ Durkin, the president of the university has to agree to that. And the presidents of Ole Miss, the president of Texas A&M, and now presumably the president of Alabama would all have to sign off on this. Uh, and, and, and for some random fan to say, no, I object. What do you know that they don't, you know? And, and uh, so I, I just, in other words, I just think what happened was terrible. He was severely affected by it himself personally and professionally. And while I'm not saying it's over, of course it's not over for Jordan McNair's family. Uh, I'm just saying how, how, how many punishments does he get? I mean, uh, and again, other universities have hired him, and he, he's done a great job at AM. And Alabama's not hiring him to be the head coach or head of the strength program. He's going to be the outside linebacker coach. So uh, I think any outrage about it to me is just misplaced. And uh, hey, and uh, hey, if Nick Saban thinks it's best for Alabama, I, I agree. Oh, what a terrible time to be muted. Because God, those, those are important words. Now we'll it's never like know what they were. Three, two out of the last three days, I've done the mute thing, and I've done done so well. Um, anywho, it's early. Uh, it's early in the year. It's early in twenty twenty four. We're in the first week. Uh, so when we come back, we're going to talk about Alabama losing one more guy to the transfer portal that we didn't get to talk about yesterday. But we're going to do that right after telling everybody about Jace Medical. Jace Medical, I know some uh, some of you, like us, we come here to escape from the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk just for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is very scary stuff. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my children uh, got sick while there was a supply chain issue that kept them from some life-saving medication. They would just it would just be horrific. Thankfully, we'll be okay because I do have a Jace case from Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses. 
including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us, y'all. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com, use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. You know, Jimmy, um, it's sort of going along with what you said. You mentioned that uh, people shouldn't continue to necessarily be punished, you know, for things that they've done. And it, it reminded me, I've been, the the Sopranos have been rerunning on HBO again, like the 8502 on DirecTV. And so every time it's on, I can't help but watch it. I had it on one TV, Sopranos, last night on the national championship game. And they had the one of the greatest scenes in television history is when there was an intervention between the Soprano crime family and Chris Moltisanti, who had a heroin problem. And Chris, he wakes up and he goes out and uh, the guy leading the intervention, who is not associated with the family, they just know him from his past. And he had had some problems with drug use in the past. Uh, Paulie Walnuts was like, hey, what? why are we taking any information from you? I know you're a loser. You've already been to uh, AA. And he goes, yeah, we don't call them losers. I mean, that's, and he said, and in fact, I, I actually relapsed and went back into AA and I've been sober. He said, oh, great. You're a two-time loser. And I was like, it's so funny that people label him like that when it really takes so much courage to, to be able to go through something like that. Um, and so I think when you look at going back to DJ Durkin for a second, my point is what happened at Maryland was tragic and awful and horrific. And he took his lumps. And I'm a big believer in if if you, you know, do something wrong and you are given a punishment and you complete that punishment, we should probably all move on as best as possible. Now, it's not going to mean you forget exactly what happened. He's always going to have that stigma with him. At the same time, yeah. I think if he he has he has so far shown he's walking the straight and narrow and he's 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 just living his life. He, you can't. People love to, whenever the smallest thing happens, especially when it comes into the coaching world um, and rival fan bases, and this goes for Alabama folks too. They want to just say, you know, condemn somebody forever for even the smallest act that frankly, I mean, could have happened to any of us. But regardless, uh, I would be on board with DJ Durkin being hired. I would also be on board with any of you rewatching The Sopranos, which is some of the greatest television there ever was. So, Going back to the transfer report, he, uh, Kendrick Blackshire, who is a minotaur, I'm pretty sure. He is half bull, half, um, I don't know, gigantic human being. And um, he is in the transfer report. He played a lot this year, uh, but he got banged up. Um, he never really found a super place. Yes, he was on special teams uh, throughout his career. When, if you remember when we got him committed, you and I were both just infatuated with the guy because he's the kind of thing you create in when this new college football game comes out for Sega or whatever the kids are playing these days. I don't think it's Sega, Nintendo. Um, then uh, you will create a Kendrick Blackshire and say, I'm going to put him on my team and he will play running back and linebacker and everything else, and I'll win the Heisman and the national championship. But it just never came to fruition for him here. 
I want him to go somewhere and succeed. I want him to do really, really well. I wish he had stuck it out. I think there may have been a good place for him here uh, if he had been able to stay one more year. But I understand that he wants to move on, and uh, I wish him the best. Yeah, uh, I was a little surprised when uh, this transfer portal season rolled around. I anticipated Kendrick Blackshire being the first in uh, instead of the last. Uh, and who knows why the timing was what it was, but I expected him first one in, and this is why I think the transfer portal was created for situations like Kendrick, who had uh, put in three years, uh, developed, got ready to play, and he's ready to play, and he's ready to be a starter at the Power 5 level, but Alabama doesn't have a spot. Uh, Kendrick is a really good player. He's just not quite as good as Jihad Campbell. He's not quite as good as Deontay Lawson. Therefore, he wasn't in the starting lineup. And he's good enough to be in the starting lineup. So this is why we made the portal. I'm really uh, happy for Kendrick, and I hope he chooses smartly. By choosing smartly, I mean I would, you know, if if I talk to the football team, what I would tell them is, look, if you're leaving because you're not happy with playing time, then when you get in the portal, be sure to pick a place where, guess what, you're going to play. Don't go to some other place that's got Deontay Lawson and John. Todd Campbell at inside linebacker. And as much as simple as that sounds, I've seen several of our kids do this. They go to another place where they're also not going to play. And, 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 and it frustrates me because I'm like, you should choose better. You I can mean, stay here and not play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and Kendrick, by the way, so many, uh, I think, I think fans want to put, kids that leave in the portal into like two boxes that they kicked you out or, or you wanted to be out. The fact, the fact of the matter is the majority of the situations aren't either. The kid doesn't want to leave. He's not upset. He just wants to play. The staff didn't kick them out, but they're also not going to talk them into leaving when they want to play. And I think that's the situation with Kendrick. No one made Kendrick leave. No one wanted Kendrick to leave. He was an asset to the team. He was a great special teams player. He'd be outstanding to have should Deontay or Jihad get hurt. Uh, no one wanted him to leave, but they get it. So they're not going to talk him into staying or flying his parents and say, help us talk Kendrick into staying. It's not now that, 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 that does happen with maybe one or two kids per cycle. But uh, with a guy like Kendrick, I mean, I think everybody gets it. I think they do. And here's some other good news. Um, Kendrick Blackshire being from Texas, there was another kid from Texas that um, that I was or that I was concerned was going to go to Texas or Texas A&M, and that's Isaiah Bond. Um, I was worried Isaiah Bond may get in the transfer portal. There were a lot of hot and heavy rumors. And I'm going to tell you, these things, everybody goes, oh, that's just rumors. What are you reading, message board stuff? I think there was a legitimate chance Isaiah Bond at least would test the waters. It doesn't look like that is going to happen. I think that is wonderful. I think we needed him back about as much as anybody for next year. And um, so, hey, let's have one more year of uh, Agent Bond. Uh, the time has passed now. Uh, the time actually passed Saturday night at midnight. But it, as but long as you post text- spring, there's an opportunity. Correct. Text, texting and emailing 
uh, Alabama before midnight Saturday is all you have to do. You don't have to actually enter the portal. That's why news of Jake Pope, news of Kendrick Blackshire broke later because they had just simply informed Alabama before midnight Saturday that they intended to enter the portal, and that's all they have to do. Uh, then they would later actually enter the portal. Uh, Bond, I would just say uh, where there's smoke, sometimes there was a fire. Uh, there was a lot of smoke there, but I, I think sometimes there's a lot of smoke and, and not all things rise to public scrutiny. I think a lot of kids talk about entering the portal, a lot. Uh, some of it because they're upset about this or that, and, and some of it because they just want more NIL money. I mean, that, that's, that's some of it too. Uh, there can be a lot of reasons, and I don't know what the reason would be specifically for Bonds. So I don't want to speculate, but all that matters is he didn't get in the portal. He's on the team. He didn't get in the portal. Uh, and, and I think in, in terms of the spring, uh, I'm going to say just in my opinion, based on what little I know, highly unlikely uh, to get into the portal after the spring. Although I do think I'm going to put the over-under number, Luke, in terms of post-spring, how many more Alabama players leave. I'm going to put the number as low as two. Uh, I, I, I think it might be two. It could be more, but I don't think there will be a, a mass exodus after spring. Could be less. Could be less. Could be. I'm going to go like to. You took a stance there. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't like being wrong. I'd rather be uh, wishy-washy than wrong. But I'll right, give an answer. Uh, people like people force me all the time. They're like, "Give us an answer." I'll give it, but just don't. You know, the thing is, people later will say you should. You know, yeah. and they force me into an answer. But no, I mean, my answer is how many get in the portal after spring? I'll tell you what, I'll go three. Three. Jimmy, uh, want to talk about the final AP poll for this year and what people are looking forward to and what the poll may look like to begin next year? You know I'm going to tell you about FanDuel right now, though. The NFL, NFL regular season done wrapped up. It's over. It's over. And uh, there's still some time to get in on the action, though, with the playoffs. And you can do that with FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. It is the favorite of everybody. Right now, new customers get 150 smacks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. You got $5 in your couch cushions, bro. You know you do. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets if you win or if you lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live game same game parlays. Hey, that sounds fun. Find bets in the new Explore tab. All you got to do is go there and explore. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That's the best way to find very popular parlays, and that can help you win some and much, much more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on. That's one word, locked on, and make your first bet a chip shot field goal. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Okay, first of all, uh, Jimmy, want to do want to read? We're on a text chain with uh, some really good people uh, that we've been friends with for a while, and one of them happened to just text our group uh, from. This is from Jeffrey Lee, uh, an Auburn moderator. Some of you may know that uh, he's been an Auburn moderator on various boards, I think, for some time now. But uh, he is known, maybe on occasion, to Sunshine Pump, Orange and Blue. Uh, and this is, a, I quote, I think it, the safe play for Auburn fans is to expect 
Ryan Williams to sign with Alabama and celebrate if and when he doesn't. Right now, I have it at 60-40 Bama. And as our friend said, that really means about 90-10 Bama if you you know factor in the Auburn sunshine pump ratio, which does make me feel a little better. Uh, but regardless, I just thought that was kind of uh, that was just kind of funny. Now, um, the AP poll, final AP poll is out. Um, you know, okay, they they, they obviously uh, put Michigan number one. I, that's very fair. Um, they put yeah. Washington number two. Again, I get it. Yeah. That's that's. They put I Texas. Get it, but I don't. I get it, but I don't like it because I don't think Washington was the second best team. But I get it. I, I'm with you there, but I don't think there was another way to do that. Considering the only other thing you could do, if you ask me, if you're gonna if you're gonna go down that path and say that, I, I would have put Georgia there. Now, oh my God, it's locked on Bama. It's not locked on Georgia because Georgia only has one loss. And uh, and I know Bama beat Georgia, but Bama does have two losses. And if if we were ranking this, the like based on it's a combination of who you think is the best and who you think earned it. I think Michigan clearly won. I would pro. I hate doing this. I would probably put Georgia too. I hate doing it. I don't like it. I'm just telling you, trying to re- ration this out here. I would probably put Texas three and Bama four and Washington five. Because I think Bama would beat Washington, and I know Te- I know Washington beat Texas. And I get I might put Washington ahead. Of, I might I might still end up with Bama at five. I don't know. I, I don't want to overthink I this. Think, and, and that's why Jimmy. I think it's got to be based on on who beat who and who were the best teams. And and yeah, Alabama's got one more loss than Georgia. I would say if uh, Alabama played Georgia's schedule, when Georgia played Alabama's schedule, it would be Georgia that had two losses. And Alabama Agreed. only with one loss somewhere in there, probably to Michigan. So I think uh, Alabama should be ahead of Georgia because Alabama beat Georgia. You should say, well, That's should Alabama uh, be then behind Texas? Uh, no. And this is why. A lot of football has passed since then. A lot of football has passed since then. And I know transitive doesn't really work. But I think when you're talking about elite teams, transitive matters more. And what does matter here is that Washington beat Texas and Washington couldn't come close to beating Michigan, and Alabama did. I think anybody that watched Alabama play Michigan and then watched Michigan play Washington would agree Alabama's better than Washington. So I I, I think for all those reasons, I think Alabama should be too. Uh, I do. And, yeah, I'm a sunshine pumper. But, again, I base a lot of my sunshine pumping on facts. And the facts are the national champion is Michigan. Alabama pushed them all the way to overtime. The number one, unquestionable number one, elite team Alabama went to overtime with them Alabama's only other loss was to another playoff team back some 12 games ago uh Alabama number two okay and here's my other thing while I'm saying okay I don't mind if you rank them based on you know again the combo of who you think is the best team and who you think's earned the most and who you think's deserved the most like that combo Michigan clearly is going to be one that's no problem and then I think you can have a debate from two three four five on but if you're going to rank them, like if you're going to say, okay, I mean, we're not really counting off for losses that were in the playoff, then I think why why didn't they just do Michigan, Washington, Texas, Bama? They put Georgia at five, and I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense to me. Then throw in that last year, you know what they did? They didn't take into account TCU's blowout loss or Alabama's win over right. Kansas State, and they kept the top four 
the, the four playoff teams and kept Alabama at five. And this year they did the complete opposite. This year they did take into account games in the playoff, although weirdly Alabama took Alabama went to overtime. They tied Michigan. In the old rules, that was a tie. They tied Michigan and somehow drop. It's outrageous what what that final poll is. I'm mad about it just because, again, it gets to what I've been saying for three years, and I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall because nobody agrees, nobody talks about it. Alabama is now somehow weirdly underrated. It's like no one really pays attention to what Alabama is actually doing on the field. They just say to themselves, well, Alabama's not as good as they were in 2012, so we're dropping them. Instead of taking into account things like, they took Michigan to overtime, and they beat. How in the world are you top four, beat Georgia, take Michigan to overtime, and fall? How is that yeah. even remotely a thing? It's, it's stupid. Now, because we're going to run out of time, I do want to get into the top 25 for next year. Now, this is from on three, and I'm just going to throw uh, out some key points. They got Georgia at one. I can buy that. The one thing I'm fine with that about especially is the fact that um, – Georgia's going to play a much more difficult schedule next year. They got Texas at two. I'm also fine with this. Texas has to go to Michigan next year, which is a very interesting game, especially now. And they play an SEC schedule where they're going to have to play the likes of Georgia at home. That's going to make things very difficult for them. They've got Alabama at three, who, in my opinion, also has an incredibly difficult schedule. Then they got Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan, I don't know if I'd put Michigan that high right now because we don't even know their coaching situation. They got Ole Miss at seven. Whew. That's that's I, I, I buy. It. And it's by the way, it. by the way, Quinshawn Judkins has committed to Ohio State. So I mean, the rich get richer there. Eight at Notre Dame, nine Penn State, ten Missouri. Who, by the way, Alabama plays. And then here's the rest of the top 25. I'm just going to lay out the ones that Alabama plays or has a vested interest in. Number 12, Oklahoma, Alabama plays them. 13, LSU, Bama plays them. 15, Tennessee, Bama plays them. Uh, And then that's it. That's it for the other teams that Bama plays. Clemson at 18, Florida State at 17. That's kind of interesting. And I don't see Wisconsin in here. So Wisconsin's not right. That's Alabama's – you know, non-conference game that's going to be kind of difficult. But I've been waiting for this game to be over so that people can start putting together their brackets for what they think the the, the uh, playoff will be next year. I will say this for the last time because I, I, I'm beating my head against the wall. Anybody who watches this, this podcast for quite some time knows, I think both of us were advocates for a 14 playoff, at most maybe an 18 playoff. We've gone to 12. I accept it. I, I lost my battle. It's cool. Let's move on. So now having said that, that doesn't mean, just like we talked about, you shouldn't be punished forever. That doesn't mean I'm not going to enjoy the you know bracketology of a 12-team playoff. I'm going to enjoy that. That's going to be fun to watch. And I admitted that's going to be fun to watch back then. I'm just talking about you know having a true, quote-unquote, champion in terms of I don't want a four-loss team winning a national championship. That's just me. But uh, anyway – Anything jump out to you? You got like 30 seconds, Jimmy, to talk about any of those other rankings. Anybody you think too high, too low, just right? Alabama playing 12, 13, and 15 on the road. It's brutal. But like you pointed out, Texas brutal schedule, Georgia brutal schedule. Welcome to the new college football. It looks a lot like the NFL. And the NFL, 10 and 7 gets you in the playoff. That's right. All right, buddy. That's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be
tomorrow with more. We're going to talk a lot of basketball tomorrow because Bama's got a big one against South Carolina tonight. Wanted to save some of that basketball talk for tomorrow because I wanted to be able to talk about hopefully a 2-0 and season heading to Starkville on Saturday. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.